um, our first speaker is Jeff. Welcome. Hi, everyone. Hi, thank you. Thank you for inviting me to speak. And um, I am a compulsive eater. They asked me to, the organizers asked me to tell you a little bit about my story, where I'm from, how long I've been in the program. I'm sorry, I did not submit advanced photographs uh, for you to look at, um, but at, I am five foot seven inches. And at my peak weight, I was um, 207 pounds. Uh, now I'm down to 179 and my weight fluctuates. Um, and I, my goal is to lose more. And my main goal is to have continued abstinence, which is the foundation for me to be healthy and to lose uh, more weight. Um, I came into the program in 2005 and 2006. And I didn't get it, and I left. I just did not understand it. Um, and I was very judgmental about the men in the men's meetings uh, uh, that I went to, rather than keeping the focus on myself. Um, uh, so I consider, uh, my, my join date, the date I joined to be sometime in April of 2014. So I've been in the program seven years and I consider my abstinence date to be May 16th, 2019. Um, so I have, uh, about two and a half years of abstinence and, um, my story is, um, it's, it's a little interesting. It's a little different than a, a lot of people, but I have met people that had a similar story to mine. I was a skinny child and I hated eating and my grandparents and my parents would tell me as a child to be a member of the clean platers club. And I did not enjoy any, you know, type of protein or vegetables or, uh, you know, you name the food group. I always did like sweets, however. 
um, and I was able to eat them with no consequence until I reached the age of 30 um, when I was in a sedentary job and my metabolism began slowing down. And um, no one ever rescinded <laughs> the command to be a member of the Clean Platers Club. So if I had a plate full of anything, I had to finish it, no matter what the portion size. And uh, if I went to a buffet, then if I refilled my plate, I had to eat the second plate. And, the th and, and one of my most uh, toxic friendships, uh, who I'm no longer in touch with, uh, he was obese. Um, and he taught me how to eat at a buffet. I never saw someone get up so much to go and have a second <laughs> and a third and a fourth. Jeff, you had 15 30. minutes. Thank you. You have 15 minutes left. All right. Okay. So I'll, I'll try to uh, wrap this up, but um, I came into the program in, in uh, 2014 after having uh, being close to my peak weight and having had some kind of an acid reflux that burnt my throat so badly that I, I just was, uh, it was a bottom for me. I hit bottom. And um, uh, there was a meeting across the street from the drugstore that I went to to see if I could alleviate that. Uh, and something inside me said, this is what happens when you're like this. This is happening to you now. Go back to OA. Uh, so I went. And what was different about that time was that I, uh, this time around, rather, was that I asked questions. I asked questions. What, what does abstinence exactly uh, mean? Uh, what is it for you? I walked up to people. Um, what, what is all this? And, and, and people told me. There's also a book I could recommend from OA. It's called Abstinence. And it is a 360-degree view of abstinence from various people's perspectives. I'm not saying any of those perspectives are the right way, but you'll certainly hear from a lot of people if you read that book, what is abstinence? Um, so, um, so in program, I worked, uh, I worked the 12 steps. I've worked it the AA big book way. Um, I've worked it uh, the 12 and 12 way uh, with a sponsor. And then um, my sponsor led a, a, a workshop. This is a, a OA approved workshop. The 12 step workshop and study guide is one of our available literature. And that had 
a view of all the literature uh, that we had. And, uh, and I have gotten so much out of it. And I must say, I came to OA through other programs, but I must say that OA has given me uh, the, the deepest um, relationship with a higher power uh, than I've ever had. Um, and, you know, so today I have a daily spiritual practice uh, that begins the night before where I turn over my food and I review my day and I send it off to my sponsor and to several partners. And that includes gratitude partners as well that I uh, share my gratitudes with uh, as part of my 10th step. Um, so we were asked about um, honesty, open-mindedness and willingness. And um, the organizers referred us to uh, page 568 of the AA um, uh, big book, Alcoholics Anonymous. And um, right, right in the uh, toward the end of the page in italics, it says, willingness, honesty, and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but these are indispensable. There is a principle... Uh, which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all arguments, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And that quote is by Herbert Spencer. So I believe that quote refers to open-mindedness, um, unfortunately, because I've been in other programs, my mind was a little more open. Um, but it wasn't, it wasn't much more open because, you know, I had a, a failed first attempt at OA and, uh, I didn't think that, um, the 12 steps or spirituality could possibly work with food. Um, but that is an addiction. It's another addiction. And um, Bill W. was an addiction specialist. Not that, not a, not as his profession, I would say. <laughs> but I mean, you know, he came up with this this concept that worked for Alcoholics Anonymous. And Roseanne, you know, uh, our founder. Uh, you know, she was able to apply it uh, to food and, 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 you know, and they learned, they learned over time uh, what makes this program work. So, um, so, and it does work for me and it works for my sponsees. Um, and, um, and, I think the second time around, uh, because I hit bottom, um, that I was more open to it because um, I had tried diets. The diets worked, but I just couldn't stay on them. 
I needed something sustainable for me. And this time around, I thought, I think something can be sustainable if I have a higher power behind it. Um, so that's, that's where I'm coming from with this program. And um, uh, my, my co-panelists and I, um, we spoke before the session and uh, um, and so we look um, we looked at this the twelve steps and twelve traditions of Overeaters Anonymous and even though open mindedness is not one of the principles because every step in in the book and every tradition has a principle. Um, I just think that for me, it's been really helpful. The other thing about open-mindedness since I've been in it for seven years is that I don't know everything, you know, my sponsor doesn't know everything. Um, I can, I can attend a meeting and I need to, resist the thought that says, I've heard all this before, I know it all, you know, it's all blah, blah, blah. You know, I really need to listen to where people are and the people that are ahead of me, they might have something that I need in a meeting. And the people that are behind me, I can appreciate where they are and they too might have picked up something along the way that's helping them that could help me. Um, plus, um, my sponsor—I'm no longer working with him, um, but you know he is a good friend. Uh, we uh, we have—he gave me the requirement to make at least one program call a day uh, and that that's really helpful it keeps me in touch with others and it keeps me out of my head um, and I, I would say that's where the willingness comes in because he asked me willingness questions before he took me on um, to make sure that I would be willing uh, to, to take direction and the direction that he gave was was strictly strictly program. You know, he didn't tell me to give up my firstborn or, or anything of that nature. Um, and the and the willingness doesn't always come. Jeff, five minutes. Five minutes. Uh, for me, I would say. Uh, if I know that I need to be willing uh, to do something and I'm not willing, uh, then I can ask my higher power to help me become willing. And I can ask my higher power to help me be willing to be willing <laughs> if I'm not that, you know? Um, and, um, and I had, and I came from from atheism because religion didn't work for me. 
And so I had to become willing to believe in a higher power. And um, and in th- in this workshop that we took, uh, I got to write um, a help wanted ad for what my higher power was. And when I when I had religion, it was um, it was a punitive god, um, and I decided if I'm going to have a higher power, I'm not going to worship or venerate a, a punitive uh, higher power. Uh, I'm going to have a higher power that's benevolent and has my back. Um, now, honesty, that's a big one. Honesty is uh, step one, uh, the, the principle of step one. And honesty in this program is really mind-boggling because it's self-honesty. It doesn't matter if I lie uh, to my sponsor about what food I'm having or had. Who am I kidding? You know, it, it's me that I'm lying to. Um, I have to unlearn lying to myself. And I think with food, I would say, you know, I've heard all kinds of philosophies about nutrition and food, you know, so I could make up any excuse about calories or fiber or this or that. Um, it's, it's just all a distraction. Uh, what I need to do, cause, uh, cause I was a grazer. Jeff, two minutes. Thank you. Um, just to be honest with myself, and say, look, this is my meal. Then there's a fasting time between meals. I don't get to graze, pick, and taste because that's my addiction. And then there's the next meal. Um, And even though it sounds really simple, um, it was hard at first. It was hard to get abstinent and do these things at first. Um, because my compulsivity is to keep something in my mouth. Um, I think a lot of people eat food for their feelings. Um, For me, it was more, it might've dulled them a little bit, but I still felt them, but I think it distracted me. Food distracted me from them a little bit. Um, Now I get to feel them. It's not always pleasant, but I do have program now, and um, I'm, I'm grateful to be in this program. I'm grateful to be here, and uh, I can't wait to hear our next speaker, and thank you so much for uh, asking me to speak, uh, and with that, I'll pass. Thanks so much, Jeff. Thanks for sharing your experience, strength, and hope with us. Um, Our next speaker is Karen. Where is she? There she is. Welcome, Karen. 
Hang on. Okay. Um, You're muted still, hon. Thank you, Susan. You're welcome. Hi, my name is Karen. I am a compulsive overeater and food addict. I came into program January 11th, 1992. I've been in program for 29 years and nine months. <clears throat> My current abstinence, which is a continuous back-to-back, is 19 years and eight months. <clears throat> and how I got there was one day at a time. And that was what I had to learn. Um, I was a fat kid. Um, when I was in eighth grade, I was over 200 pounds. Uh, I went to high school and I still was heavy. Um, came home, I went to boarding school. So when I came home, I went to college locally um, and did all of the diets. Some of them I created myself. I, I've done them all, the pay and weigh. Um, the last one I wanted to do was I was, um, was in my 40s. I, I chased normal. I wanted to be normal. And I thought other people, places, things would make me normal. And the truth was, none of it did. I had um, a good job. I had a boyfriend who became my husband. We had a child. I had a house. I had a dog and I was miserable because those things didn't make me normal. And I forgot or didn't know that normal is an inside job. So January 11th, 1992, I went to an OA meeting. <clears throat> it was packed, it was a Saturday morning in Chelsea, Massachusetts. And I thought I'd been dropped in among aliens. I did not understand how they could be happy and not eating. They talked about um, what they were doing with their lives and how <clears throat> active they were. And they smiled and they looked amazing. And I didn't believe them. And after the meeting, there was, um, in those days, there were lots of sponsors. And I walked up to this one woman who was very tall and very thin and attractive. And she said to me, do you want to see my picture? I said, sure. I figured she lost like 30 pounds, you know. Drop in a bucket for me. My top weight was 359 pounds. She showed me her picture and I saw me. <clears throat> Head down, not looking at the camera, as white as the chair. And I couldn't believe it. That was my first experience with being open-minded. 
because I came in closed-minded, fed by fear, judgmental. Everyone got the manual on how to live their lives. I didn't get it. But I thought I had to know everything. And I was too fearful to say I didn't know. Ask for help? No. I couldn't, I couldn't allow myself to ask for help. Um, my weight really topped out after my daughter was born because now I had the husband, I had the child, I had the house, I had the dog, I had the job. And it didn't matter anymore. And I didn't come in, my, my top weight was 359 pounds, but I came in around, I lost some weight. I came back in, I was probably around 260, 270. And that same day that I, I saw the woman's picture, I got my sponsor. Young, thin, blonde, single. This is not anything that I wanted. Karen, 15 minutes. Thank you. But God did for me what I couldn't do for myself. So it was the first time I'd ever actually looked at a food plan. In those days, they gave food plans. I got the food plan, and in my head, I checked all of the things off that I didn't eat. And none of the things that were my primary, two primary food groups, uh, flour and sugar, were not on that list. But I did it anyway. God intervened. I cried all the way home. My husband was also a compulsive overeater. And I told him this is what I was going to do. I was only going to do it for 90 days because my goal was to prove that it wouldn't work. So I could go back to my doctor and do the quick weight loss that I wanted to do. So what she asked of me was to be honest. Honest means to be free of deceit and sincere. I wasn't willing to do any of those things, but I learned. She would say things to me and I would I wouldn't say anything. And she would say, I hear resentment. And I'd say, no, I'm just thinking about what you said. I was resentful. I didn't know how to be honest. I didn't know how to be honest with me. And I didn't know how to be honest with another person and say, this is what I'm eating every day. And that started my journey. Again, I had to open up my mind that this young, thin, blonde, single woman knew more than I did. I had to have that, um, that awakening to um, be willing to consider new ideas. That's what open-mindedness means. This, I'd never been introduced to 12-step program. 
I knew about AA, but I'd never gone and never experienced anything like this. So that, that journey of honesty continues today. Before I lied to myself, I lied to others and I created this fantasy world growing up because that saved me. Uh, I created this fantasy world where I had, I had the perfect house. I had everything that was perfect. And I just needed the right formula to get that. And I worked very hard at doing that, but I never found it. I, I had a great husband. <laughs> I have a great daughter. The house wasn't so great, but we worked on it. The dog, not so great, but you know, I loved her. But I learned to be honest. Um, and then willingness. And that's defined as prepare to do something. I'm still to this day stubborn. I'm not as fearful. I am resentful. And the rest of the steps help me work on those. When I'm resentful, what is it about the situation that I wanted something different? What were my expectations? The steps are critical for me to work them. I've done um, the steps in many different ways and I do them about every year and a half. I did them through the pandemic with my sponsor which was very interesting because because I thought I wouldn't get that much out of it, that I did get a whole lot out of it. And to today, you know, I make changes. Um, it I can pick up that resentment quicker, but it comes from open-mindedness, honesty, and willingness three key spiritual principles. I had a God when I came in. I had a religion. God was more for condemning something. God, God damn this. Uh, or he, he had the big things to do. What really I was saying is, I got this. I don't need you here. You go do the big stuff. I'll take this little life I have. And what I have found is God is there for me every day, wanting to be that guide. And unless I continue to be open to it and honest and willing, I'm going to be back to, yeah, I got this. I don't. 29 years and nine months of program, one day at a time. One day I did it. I had a break after my husband died and I was floundering and I took everything back. I gained weight and I begged God 
to help me find a meeting. I had moved to Florida. I, I was in program in Massachusetts, moved to Florida. And when I was in Florida, I begged God, you have to help me find a meeting. I'm dying here. And I know I'm dying. I found a meeting. I found a group of people who accepted me as I was. And I said, I got a local sponsor. I don't even know if she was abstinent. But what I said to her was, I have to do it this way. I have to call in my food. I have to write it down, call it in, talk to you, go to meetings. This is what I need to do. And she looked at me kind of strangely and said, okay. And that was my journey back. Um, and that was, I didn't want to die. Before program, I didn't really care. And when my husband died, part of that was I didn't have a network and I didn't want to live. I can remember going to bed saying, God, if I die tonight, it's okay. And he didn't take me. So I'm here because I want to be. I do the steps. They're simple, they're not easy. Um, I wrote down what steps I really like doing. One, two, and three, 11 and 12. It's all the work in between I'm not crazy about, but I do it because I know that's where my recovery is. Um, so if you're new, open up your mind just a little just a little and listen. It's a great weekend to do this. If you're in relapse, come back. You know it works when you work it. So come back from that just a little bit, be open-minded and willing and honest. It says in the big book that these are essential principles for recovery. I believe it. I believe all the steps guide me to that. But what has served me most in these 29 years and nine months is being open, honest, and willing. And I try <clears throat> my best when I'm not feeling that, when it's not, things aren't going my way, a lot of things have not gone the way I planned, just like I didn't plan to stay more than 90 days. And here I am, and I'm not going anywhere. I had great plans. Karen, five minutes. Thank you. I had great plans for my life. I have such a good life. I never, well, one, I didn't expect to live this long. Two, I never could imagine the life I have. And the life I have today is better than anything I could have planned. I planned everything or fantasized about things and none of that worked. So I hope 
that I've given you an honest appraisal of this life I have. Um, it's not perfect. I don't think I ever want to be perfect. Um, what I uh, what I do today is I, because I've had some food changes, the older you get, the more you have to work this program, especially around the food. So I had some food changes this summer. I spent a week with my sponsor in Florida and I've had some food changes. So my memory's not as like it used to be. So I'm back to writing my food down. <clears throat> For years I ate the same thing. So it really was no big magic. Uh, I'm pretty routine. So I write my food down. I talk to my sponsor five days a week. I have sponsees that call me in various stages of their recovery. I go to meetings, thank God for Zoom. I don't think I would have made it out of the pandemic without it. Um, I do service, I do what I can. Um, telephone, I'm not great, but you know, practice, <laughs> not perfection. Um, what are the other tools? Anonymity, I break mine when I think it's going to be helpful. Uh, service, anonymity. I do, I read um, from our meditation books and I write on it every day. Some days I'm a little lapsed at doing that, but I've, I'm trying to get better at that. So I'm not cured, I'm not fixed, I'm still here. I'm still eager to see what God has in store for me. Um, you never know what's around the corner. So thank you. Thank you so much, Karen. Really appreciate you sharing your experience, strength and hope with us. Um, okay, so uh, we're now gonna open up the floor for a question and answer session. Uh, please type your question into the Q&A function, not the chat. I will read out the questions to the speakers and the speakers will have time for brief answers. It'll be two minutes for each answer. Um, okay, so let's... Anybody has a question that they would like to ask? Uh, one of the speakers, if you can post it in the question and answer section. Um, Susan, while we're waiting for that, Vasilisa, could you just raise your hand, darling? Please stay in the top corner. Thank you so much. Go ahead, Susan. So um, we have someone in the um, attendees who's got their hand raised, and I wonder if there's some confusion. We want you to use the Q&A panel. Um, that's a, a whole separate panel, and you're going to type your question in, and then we're, um, Susan's going to read it out loud and ask the panelists. So it's not it's not raising your hands in the uh, audience. It's typing into the Q&A box. 
see your question. There you go, Susan. Give it a oh, twirl. There we go. Okay. Um, Karen, what indicated to you that you needed to make food changes? It was um, the boredom around the food um, and watching my sponsor and what she was doing weighed and measured um, and thinking I'm, I'm really tired of eating the same thing every day. Um, I had two, two different breakfasts. Breakfast was the same. Lunch was the same. Dinner was the same. And I felt secure enough to branch out with her guidance to do some changes. <clears throat> and um, actually, I lost weight. Go figure. Great. Thank you. Um, this is another question for Karen. Are you a sponsor? When did you first become a sponsor? Well, becoming a sponsor and being a good sponsor are two different things. I became a sponsor at 90 days. <clears throat> My sponsor said, it's time for you to sponsor. And just seeing, I was getting out at 90 days. And I said, oh, I don't, I don't wanna do that. Well, that wasn't an option. <laughs> for me. So I did sponsor um, that first couple years, it was rocky. As I got to, I was six years in program before I moved to Florida. So it, at the last two years, I was better at being a sponsor, but that's just because I had more experience. And I, I learned that I don't have to fix anyone. The, the eye-opening for me was my sponsee's abstinence is not dependent on me and it doesn't, it doesn't affect my abstinence. So if I had a sponsee who broke their abstinence, I felt it was my fault that I didn't do something right. I had to learn that it wasn't my fault, that I can't keep anybody abstinent, um, and what they put into their absence is what they get out. Awesome. Um, <clears throat> Jeff, do you wanna answer the question, um, when did you first become a sponsor? I'm muted, sorry. There you go. Um, I must've been about, um, three or four years ago uh and it was um i was my, my sponsor told me that um after step five um that i could begin to take on sponsees because I was that far ahead of the sponsee, you know, it's kind of like, uh, like the dance instructor who took two lessons so they can <laughs> give lesson one and two to the, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I'm, I think it was um, about, I think it was about four, 
years ago. It might have been longer. Um, the reason I'm not sure is because um, the sponsees came and went. Yeah. You know, and now I have um, two, um, you know, like solid, like they're going to stay with me, uh, sponsees. And one of them has been about a year and a half. And we met at Region 6 convention. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Okay. Um, well, the next question is... What do you do on days you're not willing? You want to go first, Karen? I'm not willing. <clears throat> Act as if. Just because I'm not willing doesn't mean I'm not going to do it. <clears throat> it's two different things. I mean, I may wake up tomorrow morning and say, And I will talk myself through all of that while I'm making the meal that I said I was going to have. So I can not want to do something and say, well, I'm not willing, but I'll end up doing it anyway. Cool. Jeff? Yeah, I mean, there are different things that I can not be willing to uh, to do it could be you know I don't like having to write this uh, daily review every night um, in which case I remind myself how many people are want to see it are depending on it send theirs to me uh, to see, and I was like, well, I'd be doing them a disservice, and if I want recovery, I need to do this. When it's food, um, I'm not willing to stick to my food plan. Um, I need to, or I'm having a hunger pang. That was a big thing with me when, you know, w when I came in, the disease got worse and worse till I just would get these hunger pangs. Um, Wait it out, make a phone call, or write about it. And the other thing is um, to ask my higher power to help me with this. I specifically say what the problem is uh, to my higher power. My sponsee thinks to her higher power, I speak out loud. Thanks. Okay. Um, uh, other than the AA Big Book, what is your favorite OA literature? Karen? Um, the OA 12 and 12. For Today, Voices of Recovery. Um, any of our, our readers any of the books that have come out about abstinence. Um, <clears throat> I don't have all of OA's books. I have a lot of them. Any of that, 
if I have if I have any question, what I loved about our OA 12 and 12 is there's an index in the back. So it's easy for me to look up a word if I want a definition. Like for this, that's where I looked up the references. Um, try and think of other OA books. I, I guess it depends on what I'm doing at the time. Because I read... This year I'm doing four today. Next year I will do Voices of Recovery. Um, and if I'm doing step work, then it's the step books. If I'm at a meeting, one of our meetings, we read from one of the books, we finished abstinence, um, then it's that literature. There's always something, you know, the little pamphlets, the, the long form of the tools, um, the long form of the traditions, a lot of those are used in the meetings I go to. The tool pamphlet, which reminds me, you know, tools are there for a reason. You know, you can't, you can't build a house without a tool. So why do I want to build recovery without one? I think that's, it's very general, but that's basic. Okay, thanks, Karen. And Jeff, what is your favorite OA literature? Oh, yeah. Uh, similarly to Karen, um, well, I mentioned that I, I love the book Abstinence, and I actually attend a meeting, a literature meeting, where that book is read. It'll be one or two stories per meeting. It meets once a week. Um, and uh, I, I also... Uh, like the daily readers um, for today uh, is the one that I go to more than Voices of Recovery. But because I've been turning to for today more, um, my, uh, my sponsee and I are now going through uh, Voices of Recovery. And there's an, a Voices of Recovery workbook where there are uh, one or two questions per day that you can write about. Um, so, uh, so we're going through that right now. And then I have always enjoyed when I'm working with newcomers to go through the pamphlet, Where Do I Start? There's a pamphlet, the title is Where Do I Start? And that combines a lot of the favorite um, pamphlets that we've had uh, in the past, which are still available, like Dignity of Choice, um, you know, and things like that. So, uh, so I like that, that one. And, um, and I love, <laughs> I love going through the workshop with people. And I'd love to, you know, start one with someone I go through it with at some point so that we could actually hold hold one, not just a one-on-one. -on -one. Um, and um, yeah, a lot of the pamphlets are really good too. All right. Thank you so much. Oh, what did I do? Mm, sorry. I'm just looking at the questions. How do you overcome the shame of relapse? Which one of you would like to answer that one first? I'll take that one. Desperate. I was desperate. 
I was beaten down lower. My, my relapse, I had picked up substances that I hadn't had, and I was off to the races, and it was getting worse. My compulsion, if I drove by um, a takeout place, I had to stop. I'd say, well, I'm not going to do it tonight. I did it every night going home, every night going home. And I was desperate because I knew where the 200 pounds were waiting for me if I didn't do something then. And I was very lucky. I had only gained 40 of my pounds back. But I knew where it was going. And I, I begged. I wasn't ashamed. I was desperate. I have a disease. And that was part of that open-mindedness to say, I have a disease and this is going to kill me. It already killed my husband. I don't want it to kill me. I have to go back and I don't care what they're doing. It was an OA meeting in Florida. And I said, I don't, I just need to be in OA meeting hearing my disease. So I came back. Okay. Jeff? So, I remember a, a, a superwoman movie where they showed a flashback of her childhood where she falls down. And what does she do? She gets back up. And I try to remind myself of that. When you fall down, get back up. Because my disease wants me to wallow in it talks to me in my own voice about wallowing in it. Um, and, and that is just not higher power for me. Um, I went through relapse after relapse until I got this two and a half year uh, abstinence. Um, and it, it would be demoralizing i mean i would go a few days with a string of abstinence and then it would stop i would go 30 days lose it 60 days lose it 90 days lose it there's some kind of self-sabotage mechanism that comes with this disease and um now what i think is like, what do I say to a sponsee when that happens? Uh, I would say, um, well, we're overeaters. This is what we do. You know, there's no shame in it. This is us. We just have to get back up again, you know, and um, always, always bring your higher power into it. Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. So we have a lot more questions than time. <laughs> um, I'm not sure Like, there's only three minutes left. So um, here's a yes or no. Do you work the steps with your sponsees? Yes. 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 All right. Um, What's the difference between not willing to do something and not wanting to do something? 
If you are not willing, then what do you do? I don't see a difference. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't see. I mean, yeah. okay. there's lots of things I don't want to do, but I do anyway. Yeah. Um, what are some exercises that you have done to become more willing? I don't have a particular exercise, but I, I just keep coming back. I just keep coming back to meetings. Uh, you know, I check in my food with a food sponsor. Um, I check in daily with, with so many uh, people. Uh, I have action partners for various things. Uh, that, you know, that we can discuss things. So I think being in touch with, with this community uh, it is really uh, what helps me to become more willing because they inspire me and I inspire them. And when, they're, and when they've fallen, I can help them. And when I've fallen, they can help me. Awesome. Thank you so much. Okay. Oh, Karen, did you want to answer that? Sorry. Yeah. I, I ask, sometimes I can't make a call and sometimes the most I can do in a given situation, if it's really, I ask God for help. I, I am constantly, God help me. God, please help me. I'm in this situation. There's no one I can call right now. How do I get through this? It's God is always there for me. Higher power, I choose to call my higher power God. I will do that. When I mean, simple things. This is a monumental. Uh, I have a grandson who didn't want to go to preschool. And he was crying. And we're walking to the door. And the whole time I'm walking him to the door, I'm saying, God, help me. I don't know what to say to this child. I don't know how to get him in the door. God, help me please help me. And he went in the door and he has not cried since. So God is always there for me. If I just ask for help, make a phone call. If I can make a phone call in a situation, I will. But sometimes it's just me and God. That's Great. what I do. Okay. Thank you so much. Um, for those of you who didn't actually get to, I didn't get to your questions. Um, you can always go to the Welcome Center and talk with somebody uh, there. They will uh, answer questions for you as well. Okay, so, uh, oops, wrong screen. All right, so I would like to thank everyone who attended this panel session, and we will now close with the serenity prayer. God, Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. All right. Thank you, everybody, for being here. Thank you so much. Thank you to everybody who did service. The first one. Yay. Yay.